This week, on Media Delta. To say that the release of Super Mario Bros. was a smash hit would be a bit of an understatement. Nintendo's transition to Mario from single-screen platformer to scrolling platformer changed the path for the genre, even if they're not the first ones to do it. Its massive popularity led to the creation of an OVA for players to enjoy when they're not actually playing the game. Released only in Japan, this OVA had all the features of the original game, but in an animated package. Does watching Mario feel as good as playing Mario? Let's find out as we discuss Super Mario Bros. Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach. Hello and welcome to another episode of Media Delta. Um, we have an interesting one uh, this week. We are taking a look at a Super Mario Brothers movie. Not that one. Not the one that everyone knows of. Uh, we're actually taking a look at one that came out relatively close to the launch of the original Super Mario Brothers. And only in Japan. Um, yeah, it's... There might be a reason why that stayed in Japan, uh, but uh, to talk about it uh, with me, I have two guests. So enough about a quarter. Oh, hey, what? I'm in. I'm first this time. What the hell? Uh, hi, I'm Portable Stove. I watched this for sure. I guess I- I'm Torpid Typist, and I'm still not sure of what I watched. Yeah. Um. So yes, let me get the full name of this movie uh, the name of this movie is in Japanese Super Mario Brothers Pichihime uh, Kyushuto Dai Sakusen or translated in English Super Mario Brothers The Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach uh, came out in 1986 directed by uh, Mas- Masami Hada I believe um, and kind of produced by I can't like there's no I don't see like an animation team behind it uh, all we know is that uh, VAP is the company that uh, published it in Japan, uh, which they were kind of a big kind of uh, not quite like a Buena Vista or like a uh, like a big like they were pretty big, but not like they even had some uh, things in Japan or in the US as well. Um, but uh, yes, so um, we're going to follow the 10 question format that we did last week or last couple episodes. So uh, let's start with this uh, and we'll go. Uh, in alphabetical order, and then kind of go back up. So, um, this might be, and just to kind of spoil, I don't, I don't know what Stove's thoughts on this, but I know what Torpo and I's are thoughts. Um, what was the scene that you enjoyed? So, I actually kind of uh, thought this as soon as I saw your tweet about it. I'm gonna be a, a like tad more positive, I think, on this OVA. I mean, it wasn't necessarily like blow away good because you know of course it's not going to be um i thought it was like fine but to be fair the scene that i enjoyed the move the uh, movie did peak early because i really enjoyed the moment that peach came out of the tv and all of a sudden mario's living room just blew up that, w- that was a pretty good scene i i liked that just in terms of here are all the mario characters you re- you know the freaking koopas and everything exploding in the bullet bills and whatnot and here's bowser just immediately pushing mario down the floor i i thought that was fine um honestly i can't think of anything else that stands out after that. all right turbo i'm gonna be honest i barely fucking remember the movie at this point it was just kind of a, a fucking haze the whole way through um but honestly i mean that is <laughs> that's kind of my thoughts on it as well um like they like things happen in this movie, but it's also nothing major happens. Like it's just like it's essentially them just walking along and just like things happen, but it's like okay, then we'll just move on from that. 
Um, like a fucking fever dream. It's an adventure, but not a very memorable, important. Yeah, because it's basically like uh, we'll, I'll kind of get into it when we talk about the flow of it. But um, uh, just kind of answer the question. Uh, I like when they had like the intro and just all like so it's like they like Mario is playing a big game at the end, at the beginning of the movie and then um basically Peach comes out of the TV saying oh please help me and then Koopa comes and kidnaps Peach and she leaves like an amulet behind and then there is a dog that they have that kind of I guess is a dog even though it doesn't look like a dog um and basically they lead or it leads them to the mushroom kingdom and this all of a sudden there's this wizard guy that's basically this thing's exposition dump um so yeah i I, just like the explanation because then all of a sudden like at the very end of the explanation just uh like he's explaining to mario that uh print or bowser is going to marry or no that uh princess peach being forced to marry bowser just all of a sudden he turns into like a yosemite sam but with like a sombrero and like a two guns and just (laughs) randomly starts shooting into the air mario bandito before super mario odyssey brought back vaguely mexican mario yes um I mean, remember that time that there were a bunch of toads, but also the toads were all like very feminine, and they transformed from all the mushrooms that they had been eating. You know, I hadn't, th- I hadn't thought of that angle of it. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, like, that's, that's all my I got favorite that. scene. That is my favorite scene. There you go, because it is the one that made me the most fucking uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if that's. I guess the scene that you enjoyed the most. What was the scene that you had the most thoughts on? Define thoughts. Uh, what's a scene you want, or something that you want to talk about? <sighs> a good question. Yeah, it's just. Remember that time they got lured into a cave because both of them were really fucking greedy. Yeah. And they wanted all the treasure in it, and they got trapped because they're a pack of idiots. Yeah. Oh, I have many a thought about that, but that's more for the next question. There was some weird characterization from the characters as a whole. Yep. It was like Mario was supposed to be selfless, but also was super greedy. And Luigi was just an ass. Yeah. Yep. Um, it really came to a head with that scene. And it really kind of highlighted just the general weakness of this whole hot mess. Yeah, I can definitely kind of agree on that. It's just that, uh, like, Stoke, did you have any particular scene that you particularly wanted to talk about? Yeah. So there is this one scene where... Peach is just kind of looking out of the window and then Bowser comes in and he's being goofy and can turn into things, I guess. And Peach tries to lock him into a, uh, has him turn into like something small and fluffy, like a teddy bear. And then she tries to lock him in a chest, but that doesn't work because he just turns back into Bowser and it's too big. Um, what the hell is Bowser in this movie as well? Which again, I guess segues into the next question, but I, yeah, that's kind of my scene. It's just... That's it's such a goofy ass Koopa in general the, that I'm just like what the hell on here. The one thing I could possibly say about why they had Bowser be so goofy um is the voice actress or the actually the voice actress that they had play Bowser uh is someone named uh Akiko Wada uh who's I uh, her she is, does a lot of things um but she is mostly like a singer slash musician uh she was part of a group in Japan called Mflow. Uh, but apparently she's also involved in uh, various businesses as well. And she's kind of a runs a uh, entertainment agency. So I guess maybe she's kind of more of a performer kind of thing. And they just wanted to use her more. Okay. So I, I don't know. I, I guess a thing. 
I mean, to be fair, Bowser was barely there for most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, Bowser, Bowser was just as well. largely set dressing. Yeah. Bowser as well just peaks at the beginning of the movie, and then the rest is just all downhill from. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. Um. So. Um. Yeah. That. Let's let's just go ahead and talk about. Um. Let's talk about the characters. So. Um. How'd you feel about the characters and their actors slash portrayals? Um, Mario was boring as hell, in all honesty. Which, I mean, granted, this was the, um, this was, I think, between Mario 1 and Mario 2, if at least the poster has me kind of thinking that. So, uh, so to, uh, it is 1986, so yes, it would be right around the release of Super Mario Brothers, like Japanese. Yeah, the, uh, pretty much Mario Brothers 1.5. Um, so just to give some clarity or some, uh, context for Mario's character, particularly the voice actor, since, uh, uh, this one, Mario's in particular is kind of interesting, uh, in terms of what else they've done. Uh, so yeah. the, the voice actor is Toru Furuya, or Toru Furuya, this is, I, some Japanese names, I, I apologize for mispronouncing, but, uh. Yeah, he uh he had a few kind of major roles. Uh he was Amuro Ray in Gundam, so like the main character. Uh also to kind of exemplify or also in Saint Seiya, he is also Pegasus Seiya, which I believe is the main character. Uh um he's just done a few other things. Uh also one of his most popular or his biggest characters that he's played is Yamcha in Dragon Ball. Hell yeah. So, yeah. Um but yeah. yeah, kind of to the point like Unlike the, like, at least American uh, Mario cartoon, where his personality was just Italian, Mario, in this case, just doesn't have a single shred of character other than he really likes Princess Peach. Meanwhile, Luigi just all of a sudden has become the greediest asshole in the world. Um, Also, Luigi dressed in his typical blue and yellow outfit. Yeah. That we all remember. (laughs) Uh, so... I I'm looking at the poster for this right now, uh, and it's great because in the OVA it's completely different, and on the poster it's also completely different, but in a completely different way. So they're trying to get every different variation of colors on Luigi, except for the right ones, like not even and, one that would show up in the games. Yeah, because I mean at this point in time Luigi is uh, white and green, but also I I wanted to double check. Um, with the original Mario Brothers to see if maybe that was a color, but no, it wasn't. It was, he was still white and green. Yeah. Uh, um, I think the arcade version, he might be red and blue. Like, the one on the poster might be referring to the Mario Brothers Luigi, but still. Yeah. And then, honestly, the rest of the characters are so inconsequential. Um, The weirdest being fucking Prince Hal just showing up at the end of the movie, just going, hey, well, fuck off, Mario. I'm going to marry Peach now. See ya. Yep. Uh, yeah. To be and, fair, Mario took it in stride. He's like, sure, yeah, whatever, I'm out. Yeah. But yeah, I I didn't particularly come away thinking like, oh, yeah, this character is great. Um, I guess kind of in a in a sense, like Mario has kind of a courageous side, but also eh, he, he's such a like boring protagonist in this thing. Um, so I'm looking at the voice actor for the, uh, the prince character who uh, also... Spoilers is the dog who led them to the kingdom to begin with. Uh, his name is Masami Kiku, uh, Kikuchi. Um, some of his roles that he he is Tenchi from Tenchi Muyo, 
Uh, he played Sonic and, uh, let's see, Sonic and Metal Sonic in the Sonic OVA. Um, uh, I, I just happened to notice at the end where they list what dubbing they did. Uh, he played Skeeter Valentine, or he dubbed Skeeter Valentine in the uh, Japanese dub of Doug, which I thought was funny. I really want to hear him honk now. I, I should probably look that up. <laughs> yeah, I yes. Um, um, so yeah, uh, Torpo, what do you think about the characters? They were characters? Yes. All right, so, yeah. So Mario's problem is he had personality as the plot demanded, so he could be courageous when they needed him to, but he could also be a greedy prick, and he lacked any sort of consistency. Luigi, on the other hand, was far more consistent, but was like a proto-Wario in that he was obsessed with money. It was just kind of an all-around dick. Um, which is fitting, uh, because looking at Luigi's voice actor, uh, one of the roles that uh, he did, I don't see anything major. Um, but one of the other roles he did was uh, one of Akemi Nakajima in the OVA of Digital Devil Story, Megami Tensei. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> no escape. Uh, yeah. But, uh... So there was also the weird toad situation, which I mentioned before. So they existed, I guess. Yeah. Still not going to think too hard about that. This does have the thing where they do uh, bring up the plot point that was more in the manual than in any of the games uh, about the fact that all the the like bricks and coins that you find uh, during the game were actually petrified toads. Um, they do mention that in here. So I'm guessing just everything got turned was a toad and has been turned into something else um including uh interestingly enough um and we'll probably bring that up more during the uh um uh ne not next question but the question after that uh but toadette appears in this even though she was not a official thing for quite some time after the re uh, release of them to be fair toadette's just like a very generic name that is true it's just lady toad but yeah I was like, could have been the translator who did that it, too. It could but... be because the translator that we found, so you can find this movie on YouTube. I don't even think that there is an official way you can get this anymore. Um, there is not. But there is a plot point in which basically Mario needs to find uh, three key items, the fire flower, the star, and the super mushroom. The uh, Triforce. They were, yeah, the translator the refers Triforce. to it as the Triforce. Uh, but if you listen to like, if you're uh, from like coherent enough in Japanese to like listen to just bits and pieces of the person talking. There's no mention of the Triforce at all because like Triforce in Japanese is just like Katakanai's Triforce. So it's, I don't know why they refer to it as that or other than just to be like, just as a goof, I guess. As a joke. We wrote it wrong as a joke. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so there's that. There's also this weird little like fucking dynamic duo of villains of a, a of two Goombas, I think it was. Yeah. They just kind of always made a mess, but nothing ever came of it, and they just kind of vanished. It's like um, it's like the thing is like if uh, I think it might be a trope in Japanese comedy or something that I'm not super familiar with because I can think of like um. Like, for some reason, Samurai Pizza Cats, there's always a pair of characters that shows up and just comments on the situation they're in. And I think they might be serving that kind of rule. To be fair, it's not just Japanese humor. Like, in a lot of old cartoons, there was always the, the fucking hand-wringing villain. They're trying to trip up the hero only for them to get fucked in the end. And, like, the Sadler Waldorf kind of thing, but less. Yeah. Less. Do you like at the yeah. end when they were controlling the fire and somehow the lever was going up and down even though the Goombas don't have any arms? <laughs> It's it's fine. It's the Goomba telepathy. It's how they function. Otherwise, they'd be dead. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, it's and Bowser was basically a non-entity. He was just trying to fucking kiss up to Peach, and that didn't exist. Yeah, and the prince was the dog, and the dog was a dog up until he, they didn't even be a dog, and he was a prince. And the prince, stopped. yeah, yeah. I kind of one thing I did kind of like was, um, at the very least, Peach was a good was good at like playing bratty sometimes, but that's that's about it. And again, she doesn't really have much of a character either, other than you know, save me, Mario. Pretty much, um. So, uh, yeah, that's the characterization. So, how do you feel about the flow of this movie? Uh, did I mention it felt like a fucking fever dream? Because it felt like a fucking fever dream. Yeah. Shit just kind of kept happening with, with no real break. Like, it's kind of the thing where you could take every, like, plot point that happens in this movie and rearrange it, and it would make exactly as much coherent sense. Like, it's not like... It, 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 it felt like a bunch of different shorts loosely strung together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it, it's like, yeah, it's just that nothing important happened in, like, a sequence. Like, and that it ended. Yeah. It, it, it has the kind of feeling of, like, um, if you think about Dragon's Lair, uh, like the Laserdisc game, uh, how every time you die, at least in the original arcade version, it would play a random scene. Um, so you just be going for, like, it doesn't matter the order of the events that happens. It just, as long as all the events happen before you get to a key point that it just works, except it doesn't work well, but it works. And that's kind of how this, this, the flow of this thing felt, which did not feel good. No. Yeah, no, not really. Um, yeah. And honestly, I don't really have too much to add on to that. Like, yeah, the movie sure did have a beginning, middle and end. That's about as much as I can say for it. And even then, it's not, like, not much really happens in the middle. Like, Mario runs afoul of different uh, enemies from the game, except for, like, these three baby chicks who were being mamad by a, uh, by a paratrooper. Which, what the fuck was that? But no, he, the, he got drawn, the paratrooper got drawn by the Goombas, picked up Mario, and dropped him in a nest with some fucking chicks. And it was the best thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then Mario pretended to be a chick. Yeah, it... and it and it worked. <laughs> it worked is the amazing thing. Yeah, because it just happened to be a coin shower like around here. Um, yeah. Um, so and naturally the thing I was thinking of with the coin shower is the fact uh, of so oh, go ahead. The coin shower was caused by when they removed one of the pieces of the Triforce. The Triforce from the side of the mountain. It just started pissing coins out. Yep. Um, which also reminded me of another thing that's quote unquote great about this movie, uh, is the liberal use of sound effects from the game in, sen- oh, in points, so in points that make absolutely no sense. It just, every time they do it, it feels bad. Like using like, like, was it like in, cause there was a scene when the dog takes the amulet for the first time, uh, that they're chasing it and like through the pipes, you just like. Mario's just walking around and it's making a whole bunch of jumping noises. Um, or it's like making noises from the game that make absolutely zero sense, and it's like not even matching like his movement of the feet. God, yeah, it's just not great. Yeah, better or worse than the uh, super. Uh, we, I was say we can talk about that in a little bit because there's a qu- there. I I do have questions about that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, one important, more important question that I want to talk about. Speaking of sound effects. <laughs> So what the hell is up with the music in this thing? God, the music! Ah. Uh. 
Uh, well, somebody wanted to sell a CD, I guess, but I, I don't think I don't know if it ever came out. I don't so think it ever did either. Um, it uses a bunch of like rockabilly music, like except yeah, it, for there's one like ballad, but it's a bunch of rockabilly music for some reason. No, yeah, it's it the same song over there, and over. There are and two over. different songs. They happen to both sound alike because one is like yeah. one is like like rock and roll something something, and one is I am super something something. They sound very identical, and they're both not good. They're not particularly good, but there are large sequences of traveling between the bits, and that's what we have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. they just they just launch into J-pop out of nowhere. Um, typically, after they get one of the pieces of the Triforce, yeah, yeah it's like they you, you know that see like the sequence that happens in a lot of cartoon shows, especially if they're like traveling somewhere that all of a sudden there's like a musical montage of them just like going into different areas uh that usually most movies have like one uh this has like four of them in like the weirdest spots and, and that's not to mention as well that there the song also does play over the opening credits and then there's a small scene and then the song just starts back over uh during the aforementioned mario chases the dogs yeah um so yeah there was those two songs and then in general generic background music and then sometimes mario music added in as well um which eh, i i understand the the uh mario music place uh placed in but again it's just kind of not yeah um so um yeah with that's kind of the soundtrack uh thing um what'd you feel about the almost prophetic use of elements that would appear in later mario games like we mentioned toadette well, weird but also is so fucking scattershot it didn't they kind of matter like yeah like they threw a lot of shit at the wall so anything that seemed like it would come up later was kind of random chance yeah like the thing that i that struck out to me most um was bar how mario defeated bowser uh by just picking him up by the tail swinging him around giant swing style and launching him into the air all this i mean how else would he fight him i don't know throw fireballs at him or something or like, fight him on a bridge and then knock over an axe. Yeah. That looks stupid. Who would do that? I don't know. Um, yeah. Eh, I I didn't think about it too hard except for that one thing where I just couldn't help but say so long, King Bowser. Just like, oh yeah, I guess that's that's that. He just swings him around by his tail. But I can't I can't really think of anything else besides Toadette, but even then, like, the idea of a girl toad, a girl like mushroom retainer is eh. It, it it makes sense. Yeah, I think what they're trying to go for her is that she's supposed to be like uh, the um sorry uh sorry Mario, but your princess in another castle characters because it they're dressed almost identical to them. And once again, let's not forget that like all of the toads were distinctly feminine. Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, still brought up earlier, uh, but one thing I'm curious: we have not discussed any other. Uh, Super Mario Brothers like animated or live action thing um, but they're famous enough and I'm sure you've probably seen some of it how do you feel that this compared to the any of the other uh, mostly American developed um, Mario cartoons and movies? like um, in terms of like a design way honestly so Luigi aside it's a lot more faithful design wise to to Mario in general than the American cartoons are. I I think so. Um generally because I guess the the American cartoons sometimes just 
they have to make the enemies look a lot meaner or in the case of like super mario brothers 3 they just don't have them at all um i don't know i think i think it fares a little bit better only if only because they're trying to get all the elements of the one game at the whereas with like the super show it has to be mario 2 and a little bit of mario 1 or so on and so forth um also it's i will take this i and nothing really happens in this but i will take this any day over the mario brothers that's not hard yeah yeah it's it's low hang f- i don't know how do you how do you feel torpo hi uh, uh the designs are better but honestly i'd say it's on the level of here in, with this super mario super show yeah um because uh odds are we are going to be talking about that sooner or later but um yeah like the thing about that is i definitely like the characterization of uh mario and luigi in pretty much any of the other media um i've not seen the super mario brothers movie in a long time uh but i've watched bits and pieces of the show in the cartoon uh relatively recently and i feel that they get the dynamic or like the way they have mario and luigi uh act in that is a lot closer not only to how they kind of have eventually became uh, but they just feel better in general uh with uh mario being the kind of brave like consistently brave character with luigi being kind of slightly more timid and maybe like the more straight man of the two um but yes uh yeah i do feel that it that oddly enough uh i do feel that is the one thing i will say positively at least on the onset about the things that I feel they have a better Mario and Luigi than this definitely. And I Koopa. do like the peach more though. Yeah, the, yeah for sure. Yeah, I don't think this peach is really would be really into Millie, Millie Vanilla. <laughs> God damn. Yeah, that was a thing that happened. Yeah, sure did. Um, yeah, so speaking of the games themselves, how do you feel this movie is in... Like, how do you feel it uses the stuff from the games god so like the problem with this more than anything is they had fucking nothing to work with yeah they had they tried to string something together from basically a a a game with no plot and just kind of the mess from the uh the the manual yeah although like if you think about in comparison to salamander um that also had relatively nothing to work with and i do kind of feel that this maybe did it kind of almost a little bit better but not a whole lot it's because they could get goofy and cartoony with with salamander you just got to do space bullshit which was kind of the issue and they clearly didn't know how to handle that yeah or this they could just get kind of goofy with it because just the whole everything yeah that's true the the actual game elements they use feel fucking awful every time it It, really just takes you the fuck out of it completely they're there is one thing I do want to point uh, that I didn't notice, and it's one of those things you probably only notice if you are a dork like me, uh, is the fact that when when uh, I mentioned the bit when they were talking about the wizards and getting the massive uh, exposition dump, uh, there'd be cutaways to them kind of celebrating, and while they were doing that, they were using uh, oddly enough when they they don't use much of the music from the game itself. Um, but the one track they did use a lot was the ranking music for Versus Super Mario Brothers. Like, the hardest one to get sound out of. Yeah, I I noticed that too. That was that was a really weird touch. Um, I think because at that point, I think, um, I can't remember the release, but I think that was actually the first version of Mario Brothers that was actually, or Super Mario Brothers Japan. But anyway, um, that it's just, yeah, it's 
really like they had they definitely used stuff from the source but also used it in the weirdest possible ways it yeah. never felt good it never felt good there was that moment where all of a sudden a vine just pops out of the, uh, out of the ground and that helps mario beat like like but it there's no explanation as to why the vine is there or what what the hell happened there um yeah it was just it was just not great and then also and, and, one thing that wasn't like we haven't actually like talked about exactly is that the triforce is um the is a mushroom a fire flower and a star and during one of those walking scenes there is a moment where mario just like turns gigantic and i thought oh he used the mushroom i guess he not once actually uses the fire flower and technically speaking the star is just you hear the music and not much else yeah basically it is basically popeye spinach is how they use the star uh for like the end section yeah but i mean uh in general it's basically just them checking off a list okay we used this we used this we used lakitu with the spinies with the piranha plants just making sure that they hit every single beat uh before the end of the Mm -hmm. i don't think there's a a, i don't think there's anything that they don't cover uh that was in the game but i mean let's just take special mention for once again the sound effects fucking awful yeah because in this cartoon they try to use various sound effects from the game and it just always feels out of place every time they do it It yes yeah and i I think that answers the the question i was going to ask next too as well which is how uh how do you feel the the media how you feel this used the source's mechanics and tone the answer is they did use it they didn't do it well it's kind of like it was like yeah they're doing a checkbox it's like yeah, okay, we got this, we got this, we got this, we got this. So there you go. Yeah, I guess if I could say one thing about, like, the tone itself, it's that from what I remember, like, reading about the idea for Super Mario Brothers in general, it's here is a grand adventure where you're going from here to here to rescue a princess. So technically, they got that. But again, it's not, they didn't really do it, like, super well. It's just kind of -of run-of-the-mill stuff going from flower to desert to underwater to castle so uh one last question before we actually rank this uh do you feel this media helps with the enjoyment of the games no no (laughs) no absolutely not god no yeah there is nothing like there's nothing really to be gained from this because there's no like additional lore there's no nothing it's just like oh uh i guess that's just mario and his cartoon it exists yeah yep unfortunately we will never see prince hal or the mario brothers grocery store ever again yeah yeah they ran a fucking grocery store (laughs) we forgot to mention that they weren't plumbers they just ran a store yeah although i think the plumber thing i think that was mostly a american thing or what was it that miyamoto came out recently that he was supposed to be like a carpenter i mean he was a carpenter in donkey Kong, if i remember correctly i mean the answer is it does miyamoto thinks it's true yeah I will say, though, technically speaking, and it's like the basis oh thing. <laughs> um, Blue and yellow Luigi is in Smash Brothers, I guess. That's about it. Huh. Uh, really fucking reaching for that one. Yeah, that's that's all I got. I mean. But other than that, it yeah. doesn't help with the enjoyment of the source I mean, at all. How, how many other color schemes can you give Luigi? Yeah, I mean, you have to have eight. Might as well reach somewhere, I guess. All right. So with that, I guess we can go ahead and rank them. So. Um, as usual, we rank these, uh, based on a one to 21 scale and, uh, with one being what we consider ultimate mastercraft and, uh, 21 being absolute garbage. Do not even bother. So, um, what stove, 
What would you honestly like thinking about it? I would say 20. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't go down to 21. Cause I, you know, the last thing we uh, went through, that was definitely a 21 in that it was bad in every single way. And it didn't really reflect well on the, uh, on the source itself. Technically speaking, it hits all the story beats, but it's not necessarily put like in a good way, but it's not on the level of like offensively bad as Digital Devil Saga was. So I would I would go 20, but probably not 20. See, I was going to say like 17 or 18, because I don't think it's below like Fascinating Nightmare, and I don't think it's notably underprepared or spoiled. I just think it's not good. Yeah, like I think, yeah, I think like eight. Yeah, so like 18. Uh, I was, yeah. I was actually prepared to say hey if you want to go 21 i'd be down for that because really i'd be fine for giving it anything under 17 like i think 17 is my absolute ceiling on this and i think 18 is probably good for that i would not call this fascinating nightmare it's just kind of it's not like a technical nightmare um it's it's, not good it's just not good but it's not too not good that it's like painful to watch it's just kind of boring yeah Uh, that's kind of its greatest sin is it's not interesting so I think eight, yeah. despite shit happening constantly, none of it's worth giving a shit about. So yeah, 18, yeah. I think is probably a good. The only like thing that could be potentially fascinating about it is the fact that you might not have heard of it. And even then after you're, after you've watched it, you're like, well, okay, I guess I understand why now. Uh, that's an hour of my life. I'll never get back. Yep. Well, so much for that whole, I'll be a little bit more positive about this <laughs> than you yeah. two are. <laughs> Find out you're the most negative. What the fuck? unbelievable why would you lie to everyone like this i gotta keep them hooked for the end to see what i'm positive up yeah the big twist okay um so um yeah what we what kind of genre would we call this that's like goofy cartoony oh the the show it's like like an adventure or anything fantasy uh fantasy might work yeah i think fantasy is probably the best is there nothing like comedy or i don't like it's a I don't think I actually have a comedy because I don't. I didn't. Think... You need to rework these a bit if we're I dealing with fucking media. The only, yeah, the only com- like, yeah, because I never was like, oh yeah, I guess none of the things we come up were actually be comedic. But yeah, here we is are. It, is it technically a rom com when there is a conflict between Mario and Bowser, and neither of them get the girl in the end? I, no, I, <laughs> to I, be fair, Mario was never trying to get the girl. He was just trying to rescue her. We had a daydream in the. It's because he's a fucking degenerate person. <laughs> and I would probably say that this is whimsical. Yes. Yeah, 100%. So is there anything we even want to call out for music, charm, a cinematography, uh, story slash theatrics, action, or artistry? No. Nah, I got nothing. Anything we want to call out is yay or nay? Uh, let me, what are, what are the fucking things for yay and nay again? Is I need to see these every like, time. Is there anything for like kind of dull or not really uh, we do have of notice we have exceptionally simple which i don't think that's quite the right word but kind of bland is more what we kind of use yeah Can you put won't you shut up <laughs> I, I, I want the music to stop i i know what do. the hell is going on yeah that that's a good charm to put for that stop the- can't wait for us to use the mechanics are too hard to understand on a Media Delta episode. To be fair, that is 100% possible is the problem. <laughs> I can find something. Um, Needlessly complicated garbage. Yeah. All right. So I think that is enough of Super Mario Brothers, the great mission to rescue Princess Peach. So. Um, is that seriously the full title? 
That is the full title. Jeez Christ. Yeah, it's a it's a light novel title before the no, popularization of long light novel titles. It's no, not, it could be it could be far worse. Yeah, it's not it's yeah, it's more light novel. It's not nearly descriptive to be Jav territory, but still. I was accidentally pulled into the mushroom kingdom to rescue a princess. That's a joke. I dog. can't believe this is fucking Isekai though. <laughs> oh yeah, that I well, it seems like Peach the, comes out of the game, so it's also weird because yeah, Peach comes out of the game, but also it's like just down the street. Okay, but let's talk about how Mario was playing Mario. Well, he was, he was playing like some game in which it was like a character who was like batting everything. It's like a, almost like a monster party kind of like thing. Monster party or kid cool or some kind of shit like that. Yeah, it's like because you couldn't have. It's like the generic TV show video game kind of thing. It's like a PS1 game before PS1. Yeah, if there's one thing we could take away from this, it's that Mario is, in fact, a gamer. Yes. Gamers rise up. Indeed. Okay, so before we wrap this up, uh, Stove, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, Sure. I it can be found at twitch.tv slash portable stove. I sometimes stream Mario games. Uh, I will probably do Mario Galaxy 2 at some point in 2020. Okay. And Turbo? I- I would like to plug uh, twitch.tv slash typist, but also I'd like to plug the hole in the gold mountain because it is rapidly devaluing our currency and this is becoming a greater problem. Indeed. All right. Uh, so that will do it for us talking about Super Mario Brothers, the great mission to rescue Princess Peach. Um, so yeah. next week uh, we are discussing the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner movie because Lord knows there's enough of those. Yeehaw. Movie in the strongest of fucking air quotes. Yeah. Um, but that will be next week. So uh, that'll do it for this episode. This has been another episode of Media Delta. If you'd like to view the entire list of rankings for yourself, you can go to r3.ldp.life to see the residence and essence list that Media Delta covers, as well as the other lists that are covered by our sister show, RetroRank Rhapsody. If you'd like to watch RetroRank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Saturdays at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Or you can view any of the episodes anytime at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like the help with hosting costs, you can go to patreon.ldp.life and help out with a $2 or $5 pledge. If you would like to discuss this episode in any other episode of our community, you can join our Discord server at discord.ldp.life. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can follow it at hazeltownstory, or you can follow me, your host, at Lolo DePuzzlo. Thank you for listening, and I hope you come back for a round for the next episode.